All right, y'all, welcome to PTC Cast episode 13. Today, Chris and I go a little bit into decision making, a little bit into the light side and the dark side, and, you know, making those decisions, channeling your own energy. And um, we also dive into nutrition a little bit for this one as well, just to give y'all some things to look forward to here. So, this is PTC Cast episode 13. I'm Alex Martin. You can check us out at Progress Through Change on Instagram or progressthroughchange.com, where you can get your free Four Easy Habits for Fat Loss guide. This is Chris Saldana. You can check him out at Cholito Saldana on Instagram and pickasitellc.com. Or is it just pickasite.com? Pickasite.com. Pickasite.com. Pick your site. Make your site. <laughs> yeah. Present your business as professionally as possible, yep, man. Exactly. You have to. Name of the game. Enjoy. That was one of the first celebrity deaths that really got me. For real? Was, was Mac Miller. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, that's one that I remember pretty vividly. Uh, I remember exactly where I was when Michael Jackson died. Mm-hmm. I was at uh, McDonald's in Little Elm. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what booth. I, you know those memories, like you can see, like yeah. perfectly in your head. Like I remember watching the news story that like Michael Jackson was dead. I was like, dang man. I remember when Michael Jackson died. Good ass singer, amazing or amazing singer and dancer. My mom was sitting there crying in the car, and we didn't listen to anything but Michael Jackson movie for like the next month. Oh really? And I was like. I, obviously, growing up, I'm sure she like listened to Michael Jackson a lot. But it's just funny how when these people die, that's when we actually like, oh, you know. It's weird how it it impacts us. Yeah. Because at least from like a musical artist standpoint, like you know, with Mac Miller, I I was listening to him a lot as a kid, and um, <clears throat> there was a time when I was a kid, like 14, 15, I was dealing with a lot of GI issues and had my gallbladder out, appendix out, and like mm-hmm. a couple different things like that, and. Um, Mac Miller is like what I was always listening to on repeat. So I think that that's why it like it. Because you can connect it to something. Yeah, because I, yeah, because it was at that time his music did a lot for me, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think as you get older and you, you feel like, you don't feel like you know them, but you feel like their music speaks to you or their performance as an actor speaks to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's weird how we create these personal connections, even though, you know, they're watched and consumed by millions of people every day. Yeah, but then it's like individualized to you. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing. Yeah. Do you ever um, do you ever follow someone on Instagram or like you know respond to their posts and stuff like like Do you feel like you know people on Instagram that you've never met? Um, I guess. Yeah, like I'm sure there's like some powerlifters that I've been talking to on Instagram that you know I think I know, but you know one I'm not gonna shake it. <laughs> one thing that uh, or one person that I feel like. I knew was George Lehman and obviously that's not Instagram that's YouTube yeah. but like yeah I feel like I felt like at the time I had a big connection with him and we're like one of the same even though I don't know shit about George Lehman sure. and, but I guess it was the fact that you know there are similarities as to you know what he was saying mm-hmm. and what I was believing at the moment yeah and so you know I bridged that gap between us, even though there was like no, I guess, real relationship. Yeah. But we create our own. Right, you know? right, right. But it, but whatever you know, he was posting or preaching about or training, like it, it spoke to you in a certain way that you felt almost like it was it was intently made for you. Yeah, like I remember, I started um, watching George Lehman at the age of uh, seventeen, or like I was like seventeen and a half. It was right before. Will you explain who George Lehman is? Yeah, George Lehman is the Baby Slayer. Um, <laughs> is that, wait, is that like his nickname? That's his nickname. I didn't know that. Yeah, do you know the story slayer. behind it? No. So, no, no, no. you know, I may get it a little bit wrong, but 
uh, his little brother uh, died when he was like a baby, and yeah, and I feel bad so giggling at the name. No, no, no. Um, whenever he deadlifts, like you can see, he has some insane emotions, and that's sure. because whenever he does deadlift, uh, he lifts as if you know, if he was to get this weight or this amount of reps then he would be able to bring his brother back so they started calling him the baby slayer mm. yeah and I, I think it was like t nation or some kind of forum yeah where um he was known as the baby slayer but yeah yeah it when i just his way to, to put emotion into the bar and to try to challenge and or excuse me try to channel like some of that inner inner rage inner yeah feeling, dude inner you know when you're when you're pushing your body and your mind to the limits you have to have something um that's some sort of tangible like obviously in his case it's not tangible but he made it tangible to himself you know mm -hmm. like he says and i completely believe him when he you know lifts these weights that he truly believes in his heart that if he was to get it that he would get his brother back and because of that like that allows him to like just do things that shouldn't be do you, you think know, possible by human? Do you think all top athletes have to come from a place like that, like some sort of raw emotion, some sort of mental game? Like, um, I, did you ever watch? Uh, oh man, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to think of the name of the documentary, but they did a, a Michael Jordan documentary within the last couple of years. Mm. And there's one game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the player's name or whatever. But anyways, there's a game where I guess Michael Jordan wasn't doing too hot, and um, but he made up in his head that a player on the other team called him some kind of name or some kind of slur or something like that. Yeah. And so he kept like like he would he was like saying stuff to the guy and like like he made it up in his head. But then after the game, he was like, no, he never said that. Like he, mm. it was just. It was the emotion. It was the the perception he created in his head that gave him an extra like ounce of emotion, ounce of yeah, rage. Yeah, it's the of, edge. Like, do you think every top athlete has some sort of that? Yeah, and I think that if it doesn't exist, you know, they create it. Like you just said, you said Michael Jordan did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Michael Jordan created that fantasy in his head in order to that get an edge on his competition. Shit and he was like, "Okay, let me show you what's up." And the guy never said a word to him. Yeah, exactly. Like. And then that's George Lehman's fantasy, mm. or not fantasy, but that's how he gets an edge, and that's how he's yeah. able to invoke these emotions mm. to push past, you know, what he wouldn't be able to do normally. Yeah. And I know, whenever I started powerlifting, my thing was uh, the world w was against me, and you know everybody hated me, so right. I wanted to show them that you know I couldn't be fucked with, and they're not willing to do what I'm willing to do, and because of that. Because I was, or I was able to believe in that, mm -hmm. um, it allowed me to, you know, work harder than anybody do. It's kind of like channeling some of that, uh, that dark side of the force kind of stuff, man. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's being able to like use that, you know, whatever emotion to your advantage, being able to, to channel it a little bit. And I, um, I think there's a weird dichotomy there because I, you know, you don't want to you don't want to create too many negative emotions around yeah. training and you don't, and we've talked about before, you know, the, the draining feeling that comes from that. So it's really, I don't, I don't know if it's like a long-term sustainable thing, but it is super interesting to me to be able to kind of pull, pull some stuff out of the dirt, pull it out of your, your deep inside your core, whatever you want to call it to, to really channel and manifest a little bit. Like I know from my first two um, bodybuilding competitions, they were like strictly fueled by breakups. Mm. Like I, 
broke up with the girl I had been dating with at that time, and they were it was just strictly guided by like, all right, I'll show you, I'll show yeah. you, I'll show you, you know. And it was, and that was same to you know anybody else who was a doubter or had something to say. Like it, you, being able to channel those emotions, the things people say. Like, do you think you're fueled more by like your haters or your believers? I hate um, saying haters because I feel like it's kind of a corny phrase, but like. Do you do you think you pull more from that dark side or from that light side? Yeah, so that's different, you know, haters versus believers and then dark and light, you know. I don't really I'm sure that there's sometimes where I pull, you know, some uh like haters that have been in the past and I use that for fuel. Yeah. But ultimately it's not like I don't give a fuck about if somebody likes me or doesn't like me. Yeah. You know, like for me, well, first of all to say you know hate good or bad emotions sure personally i think uh negative emotions can be way more powerful in the immediate Mm -hmm. um than positive emotions yeah like going back to there's a speech on um youtube of george lehman and i'm not saying that it's true because he said it but i truly believe you know this statement that he said and he he was like well hey do you you know all these uh moms that you see you know picking cars up off of their children yeah uh do you think that they're able to do that because everything is just going fine in their head you know do you think that they can go out and have a promotion and smoke weed and you know have the best day of their life and then go pick a car off of somebody like no it doesn't work like that they're in their heads they're thinking about somebody burning alive right and you know dying and using that it comes from the fear fear mm-hmm. yeah it's using that, that fear that adrenaline from the fear it's very uh, it's very primal yeah it's that's what it is it's it like it brings out this primal being mm-hmm. inside of us and a lot of people i know like it's just sitting there waiting mm-hmm. dormant and you know sometimes that can it can break out you know not on purpose from a anxiety attack or something like that yeah. or you can actually use it to direct it you know with something good like you know as a power lifter i direct it to my squat bench and deadlift and whatever other yeah. accessories so yeah it's just i guess being able to control um negative emotions and being able to use it for whatever you know you choose to use mm-hmm. it for yeah yeah and i think it's uh it's it's highly I, I i think coming from a place like that is a little more exhausting than from a you know a light happy place it is but yeah. it's it's also going to take you you know that extra ounce that extra pound that extra you know what i mean yeah like it's 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 being able to channel that a little bit um there's a lot of people i see in, in almost every gym that i've ever trained at and you know they're they're typically like you know regular not big box gyms but just generic like you know mom and pop shop not, not a crazy clientele not people that are you know hyper athletes or anything like that mm-hmm. but there's some people man that you watch them train and and you know for a fact that there's something I don't want to say there's something wrong, but there's something like driving them. Yeah, yeah, there's there's something that they're I'm going to say running from, but not in a bad way. There's something that they're fighting off. There's something that they're channeling and working through. Yeah, you know, and like, it's almost like you know you said running from, but I think that's like running to it. You know, that's mm-hmm. because maybe you know, attacking it. Yeah, like going sure. through going throughout your day, like you're not going to be able to, or I don't think that you should be. You know, letting these negative emotions go toward other people and other yeah. things like that. So, you know, when I had those emotions running through me, I would wait until, you know, it's time to lift. And mm-hmm. then I would 
work through those emotions in the weight room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that allowed me to at least be somewhat happy outside of the weight room. Now, you know, I I don't have those negative emotions 24-7. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I I refer to it um, with my clients pretty often as fuck you energy. Yeah. So it's, it's like... Sometimes, you know, I have a client and maybe the food journal's been off, maybe haven't been walking, maybe we've been, you know, cutting reps shy in the gym, you know, stuff like that. And it's like at some point you have to you have to get a little mad about it, man. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to draw a line in the sand and you have to set some standards for yourself and know that like, hey, I performed to this level. These are the tasks that I complete. And if I don't, I'm gonna be pissed off about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, be upset about it. Yeah. yeah. And especially when it's the simple stuff, man. Like if it's if it's food journaling, if it's walking, like there's things like that, that like if, if there's some basic level habits that you're struggling to handle, you either got to check out your totem pole, your list of values, your priorities, or you got to get mad about it, man. You have yeah. to, you have to decide that like, I am going to do this and nothing's going to get in my way. Mm-hmm. And if anything gets in my way, I'll stay up later. I'll get up earlier. I'll sacrifice something else. Like I will make this happen. Yeah. It's, it's having that, that fuck you energy, that dark side, whatever you want to call it, man. Like being able getting to the chills just thinking about it man. yeah yeah you're like i'm ready to deadlift but yeah man it's just like i don't know being able to draw that line in the sand for yourself mm-hmm. and it's not getting mad at yourself it's just it's it's channeling that that feeling you get when you know that you could have done a little bit more that you know you're cutting yourself short like because i know one thing that that bothers me more than anything is like if i finish a set or if i finish a workout Oh, I had a couple more reps there. Or, yeah, fuck or, you know that. what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that kind of stuff like that, that'll bug you, man. That'll yeah. really bug you. And that's a, you know, that transcends just in the gym. That's, that's anything in life, but it's like, there's nothing wrong with being a little aggressive with being on the offensive. Yeah. And I think it should, you know what? No, fuck that. I think it should get to the point where it should bug you if you don't do what your standards are, mm-hmm. you know? Even like if you know the standards or you don't know them, you know there's a voice in there that's saying, "Oh, let me get two more on yep. lap pull downs. Oh, let me get one more on deadlifts. Oh, yep. let me do this. Let me do that." And then if you choose not to do it and it doesn't bug you, you know there's a problem with you. You know that should bug you because you knew what it took to get better and you decided not to do it. Yeah, and you know, that's a values issue. Yeah, and maybe if it's one thing getting mad about it if you physically could not do it or if your rep would have been, you know, poor yeah. technique or something like that. But I, I think part of it too is if you if you don't feel that, it might be creating the correlation of what you're doing and your goals. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get a little upset about it or a little frustrated with it, and I, I'm I'm using those words lightly, man, because some I'm not saying it needs to throw off your whole day, but like it might be sitting in the back of your brain, like man, my workout was like a six out of ten today because I wasn't on point. You know? Yeah. Like there's got to be something there. And so if you have a goal of whatever, lose 20 pounds and you know you're eating a chocolate chip cookie every day, like eventually you got to get pissed off and be like, why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to put this down or, or not? Yeah. And if you can't, you know, and again, and if you're not going to get upset about it, if you're not going to draw that line in the sand for yourself, like there's some sort of disconnect there. Like you think you can have the chocolate chip cookies and lose the 20 pounds, which maybe there's a world you can, but if it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. So. And I feel like whenever you neglect that, and you do take those little shortcuts that you know you shouldn't be taking, that's when you start having conflicts in your head and you start questioning who the fuck you are and what you're even doing and all of that. And nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody likes to doubt themselves, dude. Yeah, and so that would be a a pretty good pivot for something I'd like us to to go into a little bit more here. But talking about nutrition, um, from the basis of adherence, I mean, that's kind of like 
that's the base of the pyramid, man. Like if you don't have any sort of adherence to your diet, if you're eating the chocolate chip cookies when it doesn't fit your calories or fit your macros, if you're, you know, if you're fucking off and you're not tracking, if you're not having enough water, if you're not doing your walks, you know, things like that. But as far as like nutrition goes, do you catch yourself ever doing that? Or is that something that you're pretty consistent with? You know, now that I think about it, I'm actually extremely, so as of right now, I eat pretty much the same thing day in and day out. Okay. You know, unless I'm over here, like I know you've been hooking it up with Chick-fil-A and I'll eat, you know, one Chick-fil-A sandwich or something like that. Um, but yeah, day in, day out, I eat the same thing. You know, I wake up, I eat my seven eggs with ketchup Ooh. and two to yeah, and two uh, slices of bread. And then later on, I'll have uh, a slice of bread with cottage cheese and a protein shake. And then my first lunch is um i guess it would be a cup of cooked rice and then you know three pork loins or as of lately i've been doing about three quarters of a pound of ground beef and then i'll have uh water with that with some ketchup on the rice and i'll have the same thing for my second lunch um before i work out i'll have <laughs> i'll have a big ass kodiak pancake with some peanut butter and syrup molasses syrup then I'll go work out. I'll come home. I'll have those, you know, the toaster waffle things. Yeah. I'll have three of those with some more molasses syrup and a protein shake. And sometimes before I go to bed, again, I'll have my breakfast. So the seven eggs with two slices of toast. But as of lately, I haven't even been eating mm -hmm. that last meal just because, you know, I don't feel like eating right. an hour before bed. So with where you're at right now, I mean, weighing like 245 and, and you know, power lifting. So pushing the envelope, what do you consider your your must-haves like are you are you counting grams of protein or are you just trying to get hey a certain amount of protein boluses per day like what are you doing as far as macros and calories go like what's your approach um, i know you're doing the same thing every day but yeah. how did you get to that point i guess so at first um i you know actually wrote a meal pro a, a diet a meal plan i wrote that out and i don't Personally, I don't like tracking and, you know, I can do it for a couple of days and then eventually I'll just fall off just because, you know, writing the same shit every single day, it's kind of fucking pointless to me. So uh, usually what I'll do, I'll pre-write uh, my meal plan so that I know exactly what I'm eating day in, day out. I make sure that it's realistic. So personally, like me, I like eating my eggs every morning. Mm -hmm. I like eating my rice and meat. Uh, meat per like every meal i just started the pancake and stuff or yeah. the high carbs before and after my workout so like none of that stuff is going to change you know everything's going to stay consistent sure one thing that will happen though is if i have a big lift uh you know the next day then i will pop in uh i'll change the like the cottage cheese or the mm. snack meal and a lunch meal for you know, a huge cheat meal. Sure. Um, but other than that, like everything. To load yourself up with carbs, sodium. Yeah, carbs, sodium. Yeah, just everything. Other than that, like I guess I just go, and I don't recommend anybody do this. I guess because I've been doing it for so long, I I just go by how my body feels. So I f if I feel sore, then. I should be feeling. Mm -hmm. Then you know I'll start consuming more carbs and um, a lot more protein. Okay. If I feel like I'm a little bit heavier yeah. than I should be, and maybe even a little bit sluggish, but I haven't lately. Uh, I'll just cut out carbs, or 
like half my carbs for a full day and then I'll be back to normal the next day. Like I kind of know how my body works and how it feels and how it should feel. So I, yeah, I just adjust what I eat during the day accordingly. Auto regulation. Yeah. yeah. But you know, this, this has taken, you know, years sure. of knowing how my body reacts to things and taking things out, putting things back in right. and all of that to, get where I am right now. And I'm still not perfect right now. You know, like I could be tracking my calories and my sure. macros and all of that. Sure. And I probably should be now that I say that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I know for me personally, like where I start with clients is it's always going to be calories first. Well, let me, let me take a step back there. It's always going to be a food journal first. So like before mm -hmm. we're even talking about mm -hmm. tracking calories or putting a number to things, um, I try to get everyone to just get in the habit of conscious eating. So yes. food journaling, so writing things down. So, mm -hmm. you know, being sure you're, you're on point there, but we've talked about that before, but the next step to that is, is just calories for energy balance. Mm -hmm. So being sure that you're eating a certain amount of calories, whether, you know, in your scenario to fuel exercise, to maintain a certain body weight, to, to perform, to add lean tissue. Um, or if you're, you know, looking to lose fat or something like that, like obviously you need to still be, be watching those calories because energy balance is what's going to determine it. Um, from there, like typically I try to slowly crank up people's protein goals. Cause if I ask someone to eat a gram per protein or a gram of protein per body pound right off the bat, there's no chance. Yeah. Like if you try to take an average Joe who's 200 pounds and you know, has a standard American diet and then you're like, yeah, give me 200 grams of protein a day. There's no chance, mm -hmm. man. So typically I try to start the protein goal somewhere that's a little bit more, uh, reachable and easy and then sort of slowly build it up over time. Cause I like, you know, sort of the step-by-step process rather than trying to like dive in head first and overwhelm people yeah but that's a good idea because it's sustainable right exactly so I, I would consider like protein and calories like a, a great point for most people and i think a lot of people um can get to their goals just monitoring those two things mm -hmm. and i think one thing i don't know if you you know have this talk with your clients or not but you know no matter what my current goals are or whatever the hell I will always have non-negotiables when it comes to my diet. You know, like I will never eat McDonald's. I'll never drink a uh, soda that's not diet soda. And even diet soda, like I'll never have more than uh, two cups of diet soda on my cheat meal days. Sure. Um, I'll never have just ice cream for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. Like I'll like there's things that you know you should and shouldn't be doing. Sure. And just don't do them. You know, no matter what your goals are, there's a, if you're choosing not to do them, it's probably because there's a better choice out yeah. there. So. And for, for some people, like right off the bat, you might not even need to sweat tracking calories and tracking protein. You might be able to be like, all right, I don't eat chips and I don't eat French fries. And yeah. with the way your standard diet is right now, boom, we just took out, you know, 2,000 calories a week of bullshit mm -hmm. just by saying I don't eat chips and I don't eat French fries. Um and that's probably going to help, like, just all the oils and all the carbohydrates. Sure. That's going to make you feel so much less sluggish. Oh, yeah. That's going to, you know, help your digestive yeah. system. Like, oh, just yeah. that small change. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to misspeak here, but um, Travis, one of my pretty successful clients, who dude's an animal as far as mm -hmm. walking and, and, you know, tracking and being on point. But when we first started, he was 300 pounds. And we didn't start tracking calories, I want to say, until he was, like, 240. Yeah. Like we took a long time just like week, I, I think I, I'm pretty positive week one was literally no French fries. Mm -hmm. Week two was no chips. Week three was no soda. Like we just made like slow steps like that mm -hmm. and kind of worked him down. Cause you have to think, man, like 
you know, if you're someone who's never been conscious of your health or your, your habits or your eating habits, you know, or anything like that, like you're not just going to one day wake up and be Mr. Perfect and eat chicken breast and rice and asparagus at every meal. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a slow process. But again, when you take those slow steps and you kind of get things under your belt, then you can slowly ramp it up and you figure out, oh, I won't do French fries, but maybe I'll do the side salad. Oh, I won't do chips. Maybe I'll do a cup of fruit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you come up with these other ideas and these other ways to get there. So I don't think it's like, 100% necessary, especially if you have a lot to lose. But I definitely think it's a, it's, it's a non-negotiable eventually. At, yep. at some point, you got to figure out, like, here's how much energy I'm consuming. Here's how much energy my body is burning. Let me figure out how to adjust the numbers to move forward. Yeah, and I think, like, most people would be extremely surprised on the results that they would get if they would just eat right. Like, yep. just that simple thing. Yep. Um, and not only that, like maybe eating and stopping or stop eating whenever you're full. Yeah. Like there's so many people that they'll be full, but because they still have food on their plate, they'll keep on, they'll keep on eating. Like, dude, just stop. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, you're full for a reason, you can eat that later. Yeah. You know, and, or how about the liquids? You know, there's so many people that have to drink soda they have to drink tea yeah they have to drink juice milk yeah like all those things if you were to just simplify your diet and make it just a tad more healthy yeah you'll see or not even like healthy like i feel like just regular like Mm -hmm. you know we're not supposed to be drinking soda yeah yeah we're not supposed to be bullshit yeah man just pull out the bs go back to the basics just doing that alone will seriously just change most people's lives. I did a Monday email about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, on um, if you were to drink a, a can of Coke every day, the way you know the calories equate, it's like 200 calories per day, 365 days in a year, whatever the math is. But it, it came out to something like 18 pounds of fat. Yeah. like Because you can assume that 3,500 calories is a pound of adipose tissue, give or take. Um, but... Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty mind boggling to think about. Yeah, that like some simple changes like that can really take you a long way. And and I think it's also important to think about calories like you would think about money in your bank account, man. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a certain amount of budgeting to be done, and if you can keep that in the back of your brain, especially when you're eating something that maybe you know you shouldn't be eating, you can ask yourself the question like, hey, is this worth it? Like, is this is the bite of this donut going to be worth it? Is just this... be so honest with yourself. Yeah, exactly, man. Because, like, I, I, personally, man, like, if I have 200 calories left, am I going to spend it on a Coca-Cola or a steak? Yeah. Am I going to you know, spend it on, like, you know, half a handful of Sour Patch Kids or, you know, a whole cup of rice? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just... When, when you think about it, like, from a budgeting standpoint, it, it tends to make a lot more sense. Yeah, and you know... I think a lot of people struggle with their diet just because they're used to their diet. You know, they're used to, like, personally, I know when I started eating healthy, like, I thought that donuts would taste better than fruit, like, would taste better than an apple. I thought that, I don't know, uh, a thing of Chick-fil-A nuggets and fries would taste better than just you know, pork and rice mm-hmm. or, you know, steak and rice. Sure. When in reality, dude, you're going to feel so much better eating it. You're going to yeah. be saving money eating yeah. it or eating the right thing. And like, it's an easy choice. All you got to do, I feel like 
all you have to do is try it, and then yeah. you'll be like, oh, wait, this is actually pretty good. And yeah. This is definitely doable. You know, all, like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got to think a lot of those foods are made to be hyper palatable too, man. So, like, yeah, like they the load those things the with, salt. yeah, the cr- you're exactly right. The crunch, the salt, the sugar, the MSG, the, you know, all of it, man, is made to be like, our natural instinct is to get as many calories as we can so we can survive. Yeah. So it's like, man, when you you taste those things and your body immediately knows like, oh, this is going to give me extra energy. This is going to give me fat reserves. This is going to give me things to survive with. Mm. But we're not meant to to overload on those things every day. Yeah, stop overloading. That's, a, that's Yeah, that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can feel whether you've had enough or not. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But we keep on going, man. 100%. Because it's so easy. Like, okay, I remember when I was big, and this is going to be crazy to think, uh, there were so many times where I would go buy donuts for the kids and I, and I would have a dozen donuts, give it to them, and I would eat a dozen donuts myself. Jeez, a man. dozen donuts, dude. That's wild. And I remember when just I lost... Just another day. Yeah. Just, just another, another day. Yeah, another weekend. Like, yeah. I would do it every weekend. Yep. And Like, oh, it's Saturday. Time to get 2,000 donuts. Dude, not to mention, you know, during the week, multiple times a week, I would have these cinnamon roll packs, and, you know, I'd make one for the kids, and then Spoiled I'd make up. eight cinnamon rolls for me. Oh, yeah. You know? And after I lost 120 pounds, dude, I would look at uh, donuts, and I would taste it, and I'd be like... It's not the same. Bro, this shit is whack. Like an yeah. apple, seriously, <laughs> an apple tastes so much better than the crunch of an yeah. apple. And the fact that you don't feel, I mean, I'm sure this is like a diabetic issue, but you don't feel like sleepy after eating an apple and you don't feel like crap and you don't hate yourself, not hate, but you don't question like your motives. You're not angry about it. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny you use the example of an apple because when I was prepping for this last show, and I would also like to state that I... I I diet as hard as I need to, but I'm pretty against like the starving approach. I'm pretty against yeah, like yeah. the thousand calories a day kind of bullshit. Um, so like the lightest I went for this last prep was like 1900 calories. And uh, aside from like depletion days, which were just a few days out and not for a long period of time at all. But where I was going with that is it, it was really interesting because as I was dieting, you know, over a long period of time and just restricting foods, like the way that my appreciation for food and I think my taste buds changed was pretty ridiculous, man. Like <laughs> days that I would have like a honey crisp apple where it would like crunch in my mouth. I was sensational. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. I was like, dude, I would take this over God, anything else. Like it's, it's interesting how your appreciation for food changes as soon as you start to cut out the hyper palatable, the salty, the sugary, the crunchy, you know what I mean? The stuff yeah. like that, like it's, it's interesting how, it changes and, and you're so much more appreciative because of that deprivation. I think that's what it is. Like, again, our, we're just so used to mm-hmm. the sodas. We're so used yeah. to the cake, the pies. Yeah. We're so used to all of that, that changing it just sounds weird. And we just assume that it wouldn't be better the other way around. Yeah. And when, it's like, if you can eat a sweet potato and it doesn't seem sweet to you, like, you probably got to lay off the bullshit, man. Yeah, dude. You know? Until... It does seem sweet, and you're like, oh, my and then God, suddenly, this is amazing. Yeah, and then suddenly there's nothing that beats, like, a steak and sweet potato. or You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, wow, this this food is nutritious, and it's delicious. Yeah, and I know, like, I said about the donuts and the cinnamon rolls, like, my favorite desserts were donuts, cinnamon rolls, the cream cheese cinnamon rolls, and cheesecake. Dude. 
I do not eat that now. Man. Just because it's so, it's whack. Like, I will not ever eat a donut cheesecake or what was the third one? Cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Like, it's just pointless. It's just a bowl of sugar. Man. Unless it's a post-workout. But even that, like, I would have the cinnamon roll. Yeah. And that's on some days. And you would do, like, a, a fourth of the quantity you, you used to. You yeah, know, like dude. Not like, eight near. cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's 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 such an interesting, like, interesting thing. Like, the way our perception is around food and, and, and nutrients and things like that, man. It's it's very it's very odd to me. And it's a simple change that we got to make. Yeah. Maybe not easy, but it's definitely yeah. simple. You could sit down, take... Five minutes. Yeah. Write down the things that you believe you shouldn't be eating, and maybe write down the things you can exchange them for, and you know make the commitment sure. to drink water uh, instead of you know your coffee juice. And honestly, I say milk. Yeah, you know, sure. Like boom, that simple. That one thing mm-hmm. would change your outlook change on, it. or would change your life in general. Dude. Yeah, it's it's funny, man, because. Um, you know, coming at it from like a budgeting standpoint, like I mentioned earlier, like so many things just aren't worth it. Mm. And we build up these things in our head, like our favorite dessert is this or our favorite fast food place is this. And it's like, man, maybe that first bite is good, but the second bite is never there. No. It's never there. Uh. I'm serious, man. Like spend all, like let's say, let's say you're going on an ice cream date. Mm -hmm. It's tomorrow and you've been thinking about it for a while and you know what kind of flavor you're going to get and you've saved some calories and some macros for it. That first bite, man, does it hit. The rest of it, eh. Yeah. eh, And it's almost like you have to force yourself to eat it. Yeah, you're like, I paid for this. I might as well eat it. I don't want to waste food, you know? Like that's that's a scenario you land in. Like it's like we – part of it is we just build up these like foods and tastes and things and experiences in our head and it's like, ah. You know, I got 500 calories. Do I really want to dedicate it all to this this fucking, you know, half a piece of cheesecake or something? Or do I want no. to have a, a whole nother meal? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's just odd to me. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like we just choose to live in confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know what's mm-hmm. right for us. We all know this. We all know that. Mm-hmm. We're not having a short of, of information. Yeah. You know, well, like everything's out there. It's just we're deciding mm-hmm. for immediate gratification. We're deciding to hold off on changing until tomorrow, until mm-hmm. the next New Year's res- resolution. Mm-hmm. We're deciding on just waiting yep. instead of making the easy or the simple choice to just do it now. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not going to use the word discipline here. I'm going to use the word choice, but it's the sooner you start making those choices the sooner the fog kind of clears the yeah. sooner you get it the sooner you know you go do not hide in the unwanted fog yeah do not hide unwanted things in the fog man do not but you know the sooner you clear that fog oh, that you that you make <laughs> you get the point but the sooner you the sooner you clear the fog and make those choices for yourself suddenly like you know you've gone 6 months without having soda and then one day you're like oh i I guess I'll just I'll have this soda. Oh shit, this is not worth it. Yeah, you know? like what? Like it, it. And then you look at the calories, and you're mm-hmm. like, "What the hell? Mm-hmm. Fifty grams of sugar for yeah. one cup?" Yeah. The longer you make the, and I'm gonna say the right choice here. The longer you make the right choice and get farther away from those the wrong choice, the less appealing the wrong choice seems. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a it's a compounding effect. It's compounding interest. Yeah, it makes know? it easier on you to mm-hmm. make the right choices. Yeah, yeah. So the longer you do it, the more efficient you become at it. The more, 
the less of a, a brain game it becomes, the less it actually takes discipline, and it's it's just ingrained in you. Yeah, you and don't then, even have to sweat it. Yeah, and then you no longer have the you know potential of making a mistake and choosing the wrong thing, and then having that self doubt and questioning your beliefs, and you know not working towards your goals. Like, just make the right choices now, tomorrow, the next day, your yeah. next meal. Yeah, and eventually those right choices will be your only choices. Yeah, just you know? one, just one percent better, man. Just one percent better. Like yeah. if every week you can pull something back, if every week you can add something good in. Like mm-hmm. there's just different. There's different ways to go about it, but the more choices you make that are to your benefit in the long term instead of the short term, the more the fog clears, the more it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Let's wrap it up there. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you all for listening.